this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Whole People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and this is Free Aslan. And today's news, I'll give a brief update from from Aslan Press. And we had some, um, you know, some more, um, some more news uh, within the Chicano Nation that has affected uh, many people um within the concentration camps and you know as you all know um i've been uh, constantly um voicing my um you know my my opinions on uh the state repression that our people have been undergoing within the concentration camps and this uh, repression continues with the gladiator fights so you know i think next week i'm going to um be more in depth and i think i'm going to um begin to list um the numbers that are involved because this is becoming an epidemic uh for imprisoned aslan and this is a, a life or death situation you know people's lives are at stake so i think there is urgency and um you know if some of these um corporate radio or media stations are not going to um, be concerned when um, our rasa are being murdered, are being maimed, are being, um, you know, their lives put in danger, then, you know, uh, Free Aslan will certainly um, be uh, the voice to make sure that our people are not forgotten and to, um, you know, make sure that history remembers uh, what was occurring and how long it took before anyone else spoke up against this uh, tragedy that's happening to our people within these concentration camps. And, you know, just a quick background for those who are first-time listeners of Free Aslan, you know, the state has been in the concentration camps that they call prisons. They have been um, pitting uh, prisoners against prisoners, um, it's mostly Chicano prisoners that they're doing this to, and they're um, basically using um, them as human gladiators, and they're doing it, they're betting on them, the guards are betting, they're, you know, they're, they're just um, uh, unleashing their, um, their um, anger, or, you know, they don't like somebody, they'll pick this person and that person, and let them come out together, and, you know, of course, um, you know, um, imprisoned Aslan is dealing with it, and they are, you know, um, they're just move going forward um, as 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 always, you know. Um, but the thing is, those of us who are able to raise raise, raise awareness um, should raise awareness and should contact the prisons where they may have family members, loved ones, um, partners, um, any kind of relatives or friends, neighbors. And contact these prisons and um, email them and call the wardens and let them know and you know um, flood the flood line the the phone lines uh, in Sacramento uh, CDCR headquarters and anywhere else. But you know this is a, a a concrete example of what colonization looks like. And people say colonization, what is that? How you know how? Are you talking about something that occurred hundreds of years ago? And this is an updated example of how colonization looks today when they can take uh, certain um, nationalities and they can basically murder them or, you know, um, just play with their lives. 
and their lives are meaningless to them. They're they're just meaningless. They don't mean nothing. They don't. It's like um you know uh, the lives of cats and dogs mean more uh, to the state than um, the lives of the Chicano people. And this is a clear example of that, where uh, within these concentration camp prisons, uh, raza are um, you know used as gladiators as enjoyment. Um, you know, as enjoyment, like rooster fighting, dog fighting, you know, we got people going crazy over that, you know, people, you know, willing to do anything, um, burn it down for, you know, how dare you abuse these cats and dogs? How dare you abuse the, the roosters? And, you know, I'm not for abusing animals is wrong, but when you abuse human beings, uh, that same distaste, uh, that same anger and um, energy should also be uh, aroused um, in, in everybody um, when you got human beings that are being abused in this way. So, you know, we'll continue to update the people on the gladiator fights and on the attacks on imprisoned Aslan. So um, that's something that we um, will continue to update the viewers about. And, um, you know, in other news... Um, you know, it's been reported that last year there was a Chicana by the name of Diana Sanchez who gave birth to a baby boy uh, and she was in labor for six hours in a Denver, Colorado uh, jail. So she's in jail on camera and you got the guards watching her, allowing her to be in pain, screaming for help for six hours uh, while a nurse watched her from outside. And, you know, and, 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 and again, this is, a, you know, and this is a female, but it's another example um, that, you know, the state, um, they, you know, if it was a dog or a cat, um, you know, people would just trip over themselves trying to help this cat or dog to, um, you know, to give birth if it was in a, a kennel or a, a shell animal shelter. But, you know, um, again, when it comes to human beings, especially those from within the oppressed nations, uh, brown, black, First Nations people, um, you know, they are often treated in subhuman, uh, subhumane standards and this is an example of that where you got this woman who's giving birth. She's crying out for help. She's, you know, and, you know, in her words, she, you know, later she gave an interview and said, you know, that she couldn't believe, you know, people just, they just don't care. And, um, and it's not that they don't care um, because had it been uh, a blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, woman, um, you know, um, Caucasian woman, I'm sure that the outcome would have been far more different than um than what it was for this woman and and you know this is just another example and you know and, and i understand some people or you know they say well you know um you know why does it always have to be about um you know nationality and um and the thing about it is um when you have time and time again of these people um you know of oppressed nations people um, you know, brown and black and First Nations folks who were, you know, running from the police and shot dead in their back when they are got their hands up and they're shot directly 
in the face with a, you know, an assault rifle. I mean, when you have these situations, you know, uh, we can name all of the people um, who've been uh, murdered by police. You know, we, we got uh, Antonio Guzman, San Jose. We have, um, of course, um, we have, uh, you know, um, Alex Nieto here in um, Frisco. You know, um, we have Brother Jacob Dominguez in San Jose. And, you know, um, we have all of these people, so many um, people, Mike Barrera in the Sacramento area. We have just so many people who have been senselessly murdered by police on and on who are brown, black, and, um, and First Nations people. Um and and yet they are unarmed. They are not a threat. And and yet, um, when you know someone can show me that this is um, going um, ongoing at the same rate or more um, to non-oppressed nations people, then I will say you know then okay then it's not a question of nationality. But if we look at the history of this country. Um, in the last 500 years, uh, being um, a settler, um, uh, colonized, um, occupied uh, land, you know, stolen land. I mean, how can we not address uh, this mammoth in the room? It's, it's you know, to, to do otherwise would be an injustice and we would not be true to history so um free aslan is going to continue to be true to history we're going to continue to speak the truth no matter who doesn't like it and that's what we've been doing and that's what we're going to continue to do so um on that note uh you know we're talking about truth we're going to be speaking some truth today and um i have a special guest um, you know, uh, Brother Juan Espinosa, um, and uh, he's going to be um, talking to us about some history um, that, you know, that he experienced. And he's a very wise um, brother and um, our elder in struggle. And I want to welcome uh, Brother Juan. Uh, Juan, welcome to Free Aslan. Uh, thank you very much, George. We have reality. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, brother. And, you know, uh, you know, I wanted to um, talk to you. Um, you know, my first question, of course, is going to be... Hmm. They said he was trying to steal something. They shot him down and killed him. Uh, and yet got the Brown Berets to start organizing. It got the CRP to start organizing. And, uh, uh, you know, we questioned what the police were doing because they were shooting people for no reason mm, yeah and and today again they are shooting people for no reason and, and i think um that's a perfect example a perfect reason of um why um the chicano people should be organizing today uh, in, you know, in uh, revolutionary groups, cadre organizations, political parties, uh, because our, the situations are the same. We're still encountering uh, senseless uh, murders of unarmed people, and our people are under attack everywhere. But let me get into the next question. Um, 
I wanted to ask you, um, you know, because you were part of the Chicano Revol uh, Revolutionary Party, um, there was a historic party in history. Uh, those can research it and find out more about that party. But, you know, you were obviously very young uh, and, and, and politicized, um, and that's so beautiful. And I, and I wish that, you know, that I was uh, politicized uh, much younger, and I wonder... Um, what, um, how I would be today, what I would have accomplished had I been politicized as a young, young, younger man. But let me just ask you this, what brought you into the Chicano movement? Well, uh, originally I started working with uh, the United Farm Workers Organizing Committee uh, uh, when they were boycotting grades. So I got a chance to work with Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez. Mm. Uh, so that opened the door for me to get involved with the CRP. Uh, and I just felt that I was 16 at the time, and uh, everybody who was being drafted into the Vietnam War, they were taking Chicanos left and right. Our, our people were dying out there for no reason. And... Uh, uh, that got my eyes open to the politicizing of, of, of why they were doing this. Uh, and, and at a very young age, I was exposed to a lot of different things. Uh, at 16, I was introduced to the great Chicano leader from Denver, Colorado, Corky Gonzalez. Wow. And he was such a a humble, respectful, and, and, and giant, giant man. Uh, he treated me like a son and flew me out to Colorado a couple of times. I stayed at his house and stayed with his family and, and got a chance to know all the work they were doing at the uh, Crusade for Justice. Mm. And that was a, a real important part of my life. Wow, and and Corky, Corky, of course, uh, great revolutionary leader, um, you know, and 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 organizer, um, founder of the Crusade for Justice. Um, I know Ernesto Vigil wrote a book um, called Crusade for Justice, and it was an excellent book, and talked mm -hmm. about all of the repression. Oh, they suffered so much. Uh, state repression um, on that organization and they have some martyrs as well um, were, you, were you in Colorado um, when um, those I know some of the martyrs they had um, of course Los Seis de, de, de Denver um, were you there uh, in Colorado um, when the people mourned the, the martyrs of the crusade by any chance yeah, well, I was there, uh, you know, a couple of different years when they had the, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, they would meet every summer where, where they developed oh. the, the, the Chican, the Youth Liberation Conference? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, Wonderful. and then, uh, uh, Luis Junior Martinez was killed by the Denver Police Department. Oh. So there was a lot of uh, 
a lot of work around that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it's, it was just so active, politically active in Colorado at the time. And, um, oh, wow, this it's, it's amazing. And, you know, you should, um, and I know it's a little bit off topic, off topic but you should probably uh, think about writing a book about your experiences, compañero, because um, you certainly have a lot of history um, to offer others to learn from. So, um, you know, I hope you think about that as well. But um, let me just ask you a, a, another question, and then we're going to take a short break. But let me ask you, how has repression gotten worse, or has it gotten worse since the 1960s? No, uh, uh, it, of course it's gotten worse. It, it's, you know, gone from just outright racism to at one point when the state attorney general of California was monitoring and labeling the last youth as potential gang members because of the style of their dress. Mm. And uh, we did a lot of work around that when uh, I was organizing through a TV show called Body or Expression. Mm. And they were uh, uh, the state attorney general was working with the city council uh, and the police department to develop a computer system that would label and monitor Rasa youth and and where they went to, and they were also working with Chicano uh, agencies uh, because they got funding and they were supporting them also, and we had a, a big hassle and went to court for libel and slander with when uh, we questioned what Chicago agencies were doing working with the police department because I didn't like it. Oh wow. In Barrios Expressions you in how long did that show your show, your T V show go on for? Ten years. It was on for nineteen seventy six. To 1985, once a week, every Thursday night from 8 to 8.30. Wow. And, and, and uh, yeah. I produced the show. I did all the editorials on the show. Wow. Uh, again, they took us to court for libel and slander. Wow. They tried to legally get us off the air, the police department, the city council, and the mayor. And Hayward Cable had me sign release the liability for protecting Hayward Cable in case I said something that they did not agree with. And when they took us off the air, we were the number one rated show on Hayward Cable out of the 25 shows they had. And they wanted me to sign over a document uh, that would give them complete rights over the material that we presented on the air. I told them no, and they canceled it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's horrible, and, and that's and, and unfortunately, that's what happens. We need to have our independent institutions um, 
our, our independent um, TV and radio stations and, and that's the importance of it because like in that situation you know they just canceled it on you when you didn't um, you know you don't do this you don't do that things get canceled so um, it's it's horrible and, and the same thing goes for radio and, and that's why you know we need to build our independent institutions but um, let me just um, we're going to take a short break Juan and, and mm -hmm. when we come back we're going to listen to a song just stay on the line we're going to hear a, a quick little song and then um, I think the song goes in the spirit of your struggle continuing after all these decades to be an inspiration to the Chicano Nation so just kick on back and we will come back in a few minutes uh, to continue the interview Good. Thank, thank you Joy I appreciate it okay brother Keep on pushing. I've got to keep on pushing. Mm -hmm. I can't stop now. Move up a little higher. Some way or somehow. Cause I've got my strength And it don't make sense Not to keep on pushing That was keep on pushing and you're here on free aslan where we are keeping on and pushing and we are interviewing um the camarada juan espinosa and you know and juan is definitely uh keeping on pushing so uh welcome once again juan to free aslan mm -hmm. yeah thank you brother and um yeah so you know back to our interview uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, you were there at the 
Chicano Youth Liberation Conferences uh, when um, the discussion on Aslan first came into being. Uh, you were there from the beginning when this discussion um, first uh, started on, on, you know, the idea of Aslan and the Chicano Nation. So, and of course, Corky Gonzalez, uh, the great uh, Corky Gonzalez was um, one who definitely pushed the idea of Aslan and the Chicano Nation um, into the into the community into our community and you know you were there to see it all as, as a young man and, and it must have been incredible to see uh such a, a you know firehouse like corky um and how he um how he organized and how he touched so many people with with his truth and his uh, revolutionary spirit so let me ask you um you know i'd like to ask you brother what does aslan mean to you? It means a brown nation uh, of, of our people that has a, a political foresight and uh, is is what is uh, most important you know in, in, in the Chicano movement. Mm. But one thing I, I wanted to say that in 1970, I was arrested at the Chicano Moratorium when they had the, the, the riots. Uh, I got arrested that night. We had a shotgun, a rifle, and two handguns. And uh, I was locked up for five days and did uh, there was a young kid named David Luevano uh, from Denver, Colorado, who was in there. So I got a chance to become good friends with him. And he talked to Corky about me. And Corky got me a lawyer to get me out of juvenile uh, hall. Mm. Wow. Ah, beautiful, brother. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, so yeah. That, that, was, that was important. The other thing I want to say is that my goddaughter, Christelle DeVaca, I'm best friends with her dad that I've known since 1968. She's been on me to, to write a book about my history in the Chicago movement. Mm. So I started off and on, right, taking notes down, because yeah, I'm 66, I'll be 67 in October, uh, October mm. 4th. Yes. But I got a good recall about everything that occurred. Yeah, I see that, brother. Absolutely, I see that. And and, and I think you should write a book because this history uh, can't be lost. You know, we need to learn from it. And you definitely had uh, a seat uh, in the Chicano movement in its beginnings. Uh, and especially with Corky Gonzalez and, and many others who you were surrounded by and your experiences in organizing um, uh, the Chicano Nation and building a Chicano political party, uh, amazing, outstanding. Um, and in my opinion, uh, you deserve a, a medal from the Chicano Nation and you are one of our heroes. Uh, and I think you should write a book in order for future generations can learn from and and hopefully organize uh, 
um, off of some of your experience, brother, because we are in very much need of, of lessons and education and experience right now. Uh, the Chicano movement today uh, needs leaders, needs organizers, and so we need to learn from history since, um, you know, um, many of our leaders have, have been, uh, you know, uh, neutralized uh, and, and repressed in many ways by the state. Uh, we need to hear these stories, so I hope you take her advice and do write this, brother, not only for her and for um, your family, but also for the Chicano Nation as well, and for the future of Aslan. But let me just ask you, why is a Chicano moratorium necessary today? Brother Juan. Okay, so we, we have some, we have some, uh, difficulties, and we lost Brother Juan at this time and um we'll try to get him back on the phone um um but uh if not then the show must must go on but that was uh brother juan who we spoke to who you know he was um you know he was a a, a huge force um in um in the history of the chicano movement and um you know it's something that you know, we cannot forget, we have to remember, uh, you know, and we, we have to um, learn from these lessons. We have to learn from these lessons um, and, and, and not repeat the mistakes that surely were made, um, you know, and so this is something that, um, that we have to do. So, you know, Brother Juan um, showed us, uh, talked about, talked some lessons uh, to us about his organizing, um, what he did, what he didn't do, uh, you know, back with brothers like Corky Gonzalez, icon of the Chicano Nation. And for those of you who don't remember Corky, some of you are new to Free Aslan. Corky was the founder of Crusade for Justice, a revolutionary organization in Denver, Colorado. Uh, he was... Um, you know, a leader in the Chicano movement, and in my opinion, uh, of that time, um, you know, he was, um, of those um, above-ground leaders, I would say um, he was probably the most revolutionary in thought and in practice, um, and so this, that brother Corky, you know, he um, had things like independent institutions like schools, liberation schools, he had um, uh you know, he's the one that organized the Chicano Youth Liberation Conference. Uh, he's the one that proposed the idea of Aslan, many, many things. So I think we might have Brother Juan back on. Oh, Brother Juan, are you back? Are you there? Uh, hello, Juan? Are you there, yeah. Juan? Oh, perfect. Yes, Got you. Okay, brother. So um, let me ask you, um, before that little hiccup we had, um, why is a Chicano moratorium necessary today? Well, it, it, it uh, you know, revitalizes all our history. Uh, it's important to document that date and, and put on a rally to have speakers and music and, and, and everything that's involved uh, because uh, 
it keeps on tradition. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a time with uh, imperialist wars, um, where you know they're nonstop wars, um, you know, and 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 the numbers also tell us that um, Rasa are the fastest um, recruits um, within the U.S. military. So if we looked at the Vietnam War, where um, Chicanos were dying the most uh, per capita, then we can see today that if you know the life's blood of the U.S. military relies on Rasa. And since Aslan, since Chicano Nation is the largest Rasa group within these false U.S. borders, I would say then um, it is the Chicano Nation that is um, the lifeblood of this U.S. military uh, occupying force. So we, uh, as Chicanos, um, have to um, understand our role uh, in um, the oppression of people around the world and um, just like we are colonized uh, within the United Snakes, then um, those that are suffering from um, U.S. Uh, oppression around the world are suffering um, at the hands of many uh, Chicano people within the U.S. military. So we, um, as a nation, as a Chicano nation, um, have to um, come together and realize that, you know, this we do need a Chicano moratorium today and mm -hmm. um and and we may need it today more than we needed it um in 1970 so it's it's very i think that that is probably the most internationalist action that non-chicanos can take today within these false u.s borders you know if they're internationalists then they should support a chicano moratorium today um, to help those suffering around the world. But let me just ask you, um, um, tell us your experience, brother, that day at the Chicano Moratorium in 1970. No, it was incredible. Uh, so, uh, I've never seen so many Chicanos in one spot. <laughs> and and uh, we were there in the park, and then all of a sudden, the uh, police helicopter started throwing uh, construction bombs and pepper spray into the crowd. And then the uh, police in, in line started going after people and just whipping them with, with the batons and just going off on people. Mm. Oh. And, and our hint is whenever they threw pepper, uh, pepper canisters at us, we would pick them up and throw them right back at them. Oh. Beautiful, yeah. That that's and I seen some of that in the films that they have. They they got mm -hmm. films on YouTube of that, and um, and that's beautiful to see the people, uh, just say right back at you, and and, mm -hmm. and that that is beautiful, and that's a that's guerrilla warfare right there. Use the enemy's weapons against them. Beautiful, love that, and um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's that day has so many lessons in it. It's uh. It's beautiful to, to know, um, even to talk with somebody who was there that day in 1970 uh, when, um, you know, um, when the police rioted against the people. And um, and that's what happened. And But let me just I mean, say, yeah? Go ahead, you brother. Know, they, they, they killed uh, Ruben Salazar, mm. they, they killed two other Chicanos. Yeah. Uh, 
I think both were members of the Brown Berets out of L.A. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible, brother. And yeah, they... One thing, yeah. One thing I wanted to say was that I spoke to Corky Gonzalez a week before he passed away. Yes. And his wife says, don't be offended if he doesn't remember who you are because he lost a lot of his memory. So I got on the phone with Corky. How you doing? Juan Espinosa. He goes, I'm sorry, Milo. I don't remember the name. He goes, well, when you knew me, you knew me as Big John. Mm. He goes, Big John? He goes, Big John from Hayward? I said, yeah. He goes, Mijo, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. Uh-huh. He goes, he goes, he goes, I'm dying a soldier if there's war. And uh-huh. it's not about me, it's about you. Mm. And you got to understand that no matter how quiet you get, or, yeah, they're going to be watching you, and the quieter you get, the closer they're going to keep eyes on you. Mm. So just be careful, because I know you've been involved in a, a lot of stuff, because I had a good relationship with Corky, and both yeah. of him a, a lot about stuff. Whenever he came out to the Bay Area, he stayed in my house, or, mm. you know, we traveled together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was an incredible man. Yeah, sounds man, sounds like a beautiful relationship, brother. And those are some wise words that he told you. You know, mm-hmm. be careful, be careful when you're quiet. They watch you, and um, and, and they're always watching and they're always listening. And you know, but the thing is, um, like that song we just heard, uh, keep on pushing. We're gonna keep on pushing, while regardless of who is watching and who is listening. And that's. That's the story of the Chicano Nation is we're going to continue to um, we're going to continue to struggle and we're going to continue to um, to uh, push forward and keep on pushing regardless of who is listening and who is mm-hmm. watching. Absolutely, brother. And um, let me just let me just uh, end this one with uh, I have a last question, brother. And, and, and my question is, what do you have to say? To, to the Chicano youth and to the Chicano movement today? Well, that you know, it's a struggle. And, and people should not give up no matter what kind of adversities are thrown at them. Uh, it's important to struggle and, and, and never give up. Mm. You know, one thing I, I wanted to say was that through Barrio Expressions, we have been approved by the San Jose State Chicano Studies Department to be historically preserved for all time. Wow. They got over 325 tapes of the shows that, that I produced. They're making copies of it, and that if anybody wants to see them, they could go to San Jose State and view them there. Mm, beautiful. But this is a big honor uh, of, of, of a TV show. Although I was the old man and the producer of the show, our show was run by Raza Youth, male and female. Mm. And they did a great job uh, uh, putting the show together. Mm. They hosted the show, they did the interviews, all the street stuff, and. and, and we were major. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
that's that's amazing and and those you know Chicano youth or other researchers scholars uh, Rasa um, who are interested in researching um, um, the Chicano movement and Chicano media uh, or researching the work that you have done um, go to San Jose State and, and there you have it archived Barrios, Barrio Expressions and that was the yeah. TV show that Brother Juan um, produced and, and created and participated in and made happen and that's a beautiful thing and I just want to say uh, Brother Juan that um, it is an honor um, to have you on Free Aslan um, you are uh, our elder you are uh, veterano of Aslan and we have and we will learn a lot uh, from your history and your struggle and you inspire uh, all of us today who are struggling and continuing uh, the fight for national liberation uh, and and you continue to inspire and I believe you will continue to inspire future generations as well you will go down as one of the heroes my brother uh, in our struggle uh, in our history books brother so I thank you once again and I hope you uh, begin to write that book and, and, and share with us your experiences your beautiful experiences with um, Corky Gonzalez and the others and some of your um, some of your um, reflections on organizing um, within the belly of the beast and so I thank you brother from from all of us uh, in Aslan thank you for coming on to the show today the joy of Villarreal. Thank you for having me on. On that, I, I love sharing uh, stories of, of my past. Mm. And we'll have you on again, my brother. Thank you. Okay. Well, and and I'll, this. I'll okay, my brother. And this is KEXU ninety six point one FM LP, and we're gonna go into another music break, and we'll be back in a minute.
This is KEXU 96.1 FM. Uh, this is JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And you just listened to the song, Nimitz La Sotla, and that's a Nawa uh, word that means I love you. And that's a beautiful song sang in Nawa. And, and Nawa is, of course, the Mexica language, or the Mexica, or what some may call Aztec. Uh, the proper name is Mexica. So this is the language and the beautiful music that's produced by, uh, by, by the Mexica uh, people. So, um, you know, we just finished talking to Brother Juan uh, uh, Espinosa, and he is, uh, he is a, you know, one of our elders uh, within the Chicano Nation. He is... Uh, you know, uh, he was there in the beginning of the Chicano movement. He was there with Corky Gonzalez. He was there at the Chicano Youth Liberation Conference. Uh, and that's when the Chicano Nation first um, spoke on the word Aslan and that, that you know, that we did need uh, a name to our land base, our national territory. And um, these were the states that were stolen from Mexico uh, by the United Snakes. And, um, you know, and this is, was our um, unifying rallying cry um, in, in organizing um, um, base um, that we used um, in order to, um, you know, um, get our people united in struggling against U.S. imperialism. So the word, the term Aslan was adopted at the um, at these conferences and uh, brother Juan was there you know and he was there then he was there um, after that in organizing helping to organize a political party the Chicano Revolutionary Party uh, and it was a very um, active uh, party uh, uh, within the Bay Area and beyond um, in, in the in the 1960s 1970s so um, that brother has a lot of history, um, and as he said, some of the reasons um, that they organized back then um, are happening today, you know, and police continue to murder our people, um, um, you know, when our people are unarmed, uh, and there's so many people that, that continue to be murdered by uh, the pigs, so we... Um, you know, certainly have reasons to continue to organize in the way that uh, people organized back then. Uh, we still have the common um, uh, enemy. We still have the oppressor nation uh, that is occupying our land. 
Uh, we still are held uh, here in the United Snakes. Um, and so all of these conditions together continue to be a factor and continue to be a motivating force and a unifying factor for our people. And we should know that the courts are not a remedy. The courts are not uh, going to save us. You know, what's going to save us is when we organize together in organizations and political parties and cadre revolutionary organizations and uh, we await the arrival of a serious crisis uh, in this uh, United Snakes. And once that happens, if we are organized and um, our people do have a political party in force, um, um, th only then can, um, uh, you know, we think about things like national liberation and seizing power. And so this, this is something that we have to build on. It's, it's not going to happen today. Um, but luckily we still have elders in the struggle like, uh, brother Juan who, you know, they have lessons to be learned and we learn from their struggles and we learn uh, in today's world how to organize. Uh, we learn things like having a strong security culture. Uh, we learn things like um, different methods of organizing. Um, and we, th we learn about things like uh, uh, underground parties um, and and. Uh, semi-underground, and all of the above. Um, and we have to train. We have to continue to train. We have to train theoretically. We have to train physically. Uh, we have to train militarily as well. So these are all things, um, many different moving parts that we have to uh, make sure that we understand, that we participate in, and that we promote and, and only in this way will we continue to keep the drum of resistance beating in the hearts and minds of our people, the Chicano Nation. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it may not happen in our time. Um, however, we have to teach the next generation to resist. We have to work in the interests of decolonization. We have to decolonize our minds. We have to decolonize our diets. We have to decolonize the way we live. Because we all suffer from colonization and we will continue to uh, suffer in this world. But let me just say um, I have a couple of minutes and I got the brother G7 here. And I just want to um, welcome um, brother G7 uh, on today's show. And, and welcome brother uh, to Free Aslan. Thank you for having me again brother. You know it's always. Absolutely. No, no, no problem, brother. And do you want to, uh, uh, you know, you want to leave us with, with one of your son? Let, you know, give us one of your cuts, brother, uh, one of your new ones or, or, or yeah, whatever you want. You know, I'm going to spit something off the top of the head. You know, I wanted to shine light on that. You know, the way the government, the police are killing us out here. And it seems like they're starting in alphabetical order. We have Augie Gonzalez in Hayward. Then we have San Leandro police killed Anthony Gomez. Mm. And, uh, you know, it seems like they're starting in alphabetical order. So, you know, the children are the future. I, I always have to keep telling the people this. Remember, the children are the future. They're watching. And so, Go ahead, you know, brother. that's how it goes. I Absolutely. Just, you Go know, ahead these children one. are the future. I think everyone forgot. Must have got used to hearing all them gunshots. We can't depend on the cops because they're built on corruption. Uncle Sam, 45 in them, yeah, that's the government. But he ain't never been a man that I call Theo. 
He ain't part of my family, any one of my people. They can't understand this lifestyle we live in. Rather see us dead or a life sentence in prison. It's a system that's twisted, tangled in or not. All my people gifted. How you gonna tell us we not? R.I.P. to Nipsey, we know he chilling with Pac. Proud a little bit, probably get tipsy on the block. It ain't where you're from, it's about where you're going. These youngsters is watching, influenced by how you show them. Grow up to become something great. It's time for my people to shine like the Golden State, the Bay. Mm, I love that, brother. And we always love uh, having Brother G7 here. You know, Brother G7 uh, brings that revolutionary music to Free Aslan, and we have him live um, almost every week now. And uh, Brother is always welcome. And next week, uh, hopefully you could come and update us on some of the new music and the websites and everything else you're doing. But we're going to have to go now. I just want to say uh, thank you all for listening in. This is a beautiful show, uh, and, and I will talk to you uh, next week. And have another very, very important uh, interview. So uh, you all stay safe. And remember, free Aslan, Omateo.